0: Would you like to grab a seat, and um, I'm going to introduce our speaker today, and uh, before we do that, I'm going to read a passage from the Bible. So if you want to grab your phone, uh, if you want to follow along, uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 10. Uh, you can follow along in a Bible, and a phone, or uh, I think it's also going to come on the screen if you prefer to follow it that way. So Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 1 to 16. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 16. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of our town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it would be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it would be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects uh, rejects me rejects him who sent me. Fantastic. So we're going to come back to that passage in a little bit. Um, Just to remind you, we are in a sermon series uh, called the Manifesto, Jesus' Manifesto. It's all about Jesus' plan, his mission on earth. And uh, it's an amazingly powerful, uh, evocative, life-changing description of what Jesus came to do. And we, uh, so next we've been talking about discipleship quite a lot this year, uh, which we've described in three ways, which is to be with Jesus. Wasn't it wonderful to pray and to worship together in the presence of Jesus together? Uh, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus. As we spend time with him, we become more and more like him. And thirdly, to do the things that Jesus did. And that's what we're looking at this term is what is Jesus' mission and how can we be involved in it? And the manifesto of Jesus is our manifesto as well. Part of that uh, manifesto, he tells uh, people that he's here to heal the sick. And in that passage, he talks about healing the sick as well. So tonight is all about healing physical healing, emotional healing, uh, and we're going to do things slightly differently tonight. And I'm going to interview a um, special guest who is James Stevenson from b and Church, who are our friends. In fact, when we started uh, St. Nick's, B&A Church were the ones who said, the first ones to say, we're right for you, we're rooting for you, and they've welcomed us. They've sent people to come with us when we started, and so they've been huge supporters, and James has been a, a great supporter of this church, and it's great that he's here today. So Please would you welcome James as he comes up.
1: Hi everyone, hi Toby.
0: Hello James. Um, so James and I have known each other all kind of since we arrived yeah. in Bristol, um, but uh, we have lots of connections. Uh, just, just tell us a little bit about your kind of, um, how long you've been in Bristol and what a little bit of your journey to this point.
1: Okay, so in 2005 my wife and I moved here Uh, for me to train to be a vicar in the Church of England, and we tried to get away um, after two years, but the Lord called us to stay, Um, and uh, so I trained in the north of Bristol near Cribs Causeway, not far away from Concord Church, Um, and um, and then we thought we were going to go to Egypt, um, and then on the plane on the way back from Egypt, um, somebody said to me, you really should look at uh, the job that's coming up in Bishopston, St. Andrews. And I said, no, I'm going to Egypt. And they said, well, we'll pray and see what happens. And a year later, I was appointed to that job um, and I've been there 12 years. Would you believe it?
0: And uh, just tell us a little bit about your, your family and also a bit about your sort of passion. What's the, what's the vision behind church and, and everything? And I know, I know particularly, I know that um, World Refugee Day is uh, today or tomorrow, I think. Um, and I know you have a passion for that, but just tell us a little bit about the church. Okay, and so,
1: um, married to Nikki, we have two boys, 16 and um, 13. Um, Jacob is a, a, a 16-year-old, really good cricketer, just broken his collarbone, um, so he's gutted. I'm probably more gutted than him. Um, <laughs> and um, and then our 13-year-old Matthew is on the autistic spectrum and is schooled at home. Um, And For three years, my wife and I fostered unaccompanied asylum-seeking kids um, from Sudan, um, and um, that was a a really um, beautiful uh, um, time in our life as a family, and through them got to know an entirely unreached tribe um, in Bristol. So There's 300 people from the Zahawa community in Darfur who live in Bristol, and none of them know Jesus, Um, in fact. As far as we know none of them worldwide know jesus um so um i am passionate about um people coming to know jesus so to answer the next bit of your question uh, one of the reasons we were delighted to welcome you guys was that um uh, we had a meeting about a year before you guys came looking at how many people we would need to reach um 15 of the city so what would it take for um, there to be 15 percent of this city in church on a regular basis and we worked out that we would need 84 other versions of St. Nick's um, to get us from 5% to 15% of the church, um, uh, 15% of the city attending church. So when St. Nick's came along, we were like, great, where are the other 84 of you? Um, we we, we want to see, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say we want to see the city change, but actually there are steps along the way to making that happen. And everyone's got to make sacrifices
0: to enable that to happen. Um, One of the things that when we arrived is not only did you get us to come to your church and pray for us before we started, but you also sent people to be part of our our sort of, you know, our congregation here, which is amazing. Um, And we're so grateful for that. And we feel like we've been in partnership ever since. We've been at Focus together, our churches. For those who don't know what Focus is, We've got, a, we've got, a, I think we've got 185 people signed Have up you? to come to focus. Oh, wow, you're, but ju- you're well ahead of ju- us. <laughs> just tell not l- that a competition. Ju- not there's a competition, although it is. Um, t- t- <laughs> <laughs> t- t- tell us a little bit about, wh- what f- what, what's focus for those who don't know about that?
1: Um, I'm terrible at camping. I'm, um, I'm six foot two and 16 stone, so a tent and crawling around is just, I mean, it's like awful. Um, but, I said I said tell
0: people about focus
1: but everyone else seems to enjoy it. Um, so uh, if you read Exodus you know they're kind of in the desert um uh, going to to celebrate God. Um and um uh, you get to do it with a tent and um in places running water um and um, and the living God. So it's I mean it's it's the, the phrase is something always happens at focus and it does. You know one of one of the most beautiful things that's happened in our our um, Life Our Church it, it has been a, a ministry we call Soul Food so it's a weekly meal from the homeless and vulnerable and um, in 2018 I sat with a couple of our um, leaders and I was hoping that they were going to tell me that they were going to kind of carry on with their ministry that they were doing and and at the end of um, the week uh, they both kind of wept and told me that they felt that they were being called by the Lord to start this new thing called Soul Food and um, so s- something always happens there and that's a strap line, but it's also a reality. So if you're not coming, get yourself
0: there. Thanks, James. Um, I, uh, I, one of the things that I um, was really struck with, we're talking about healing tonight. The reason why we're here today is that we had a little gathering of church planters, church leaders who came together uh, for something called Assemble, uh, which we hosted here and church from the Southwest and um, uh, Cardiff, Wales, South Wales. And um, we had a, a sort of time of, of, of waiting on the Holy Spirit. This, this whole term has been about being equipped by the Holy Spirit to go and make a difference in the world around us and um we had a little time and you you said do you think we could pray for healing and i remember thinking we've only got five minutes left probably not and then and then you you sort of said it in a way that made me think we should do we should do what you said and so so we um we decided to just sort of open it up no it's absolutely right we opened it up to pray for healing and the most amazing thing happened really i was i was so encouraged but but basically we prayed and we encouraged people to have a go and um, you'd have thought, you know, church leaders, these are all professionals. They pray for healing the whole time. Most of them were saying, we haven't done this for ages. We should do this more. And there were some amazing stories that came back as well. But that's where this came from and us deciding, well, why don't we try and carry on doing, a, doing this? And, I mean, I think you'd like me to say you're not an expert on no, healing. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, you, you're not an expert on healing, but you have done quite a lot of thinking about it. And it's something that you feel passionate about. Just tell us why you feel passionate about it, because I, I know you do. Okay, so, um,
1: Nicky Gumble who's the vicar of HTB, is retiring this summer, and if you come to focus, or have been in previous years, you'll hear stories told about how he was profoundly affected by a move of the Holy Spirit that happened in the 1980s, when a guy called John Wimber came um, and visited um, HTB, and there's a couple in our congregation who were actually sat behind him when what happened happened um, and and so th- these are kind of th- these are stories that are held by a community of people who are mostly in their late 60s early 70s and um, and and actually without wanting to be disparaging about their age and um, their capacity and, and platform for telling those stories is going to reduce over the coming years and, and actually it, Ten years later, there was another move of the Holy Spirit, which some of you would have heard about, um, called the Toronto Blessing. And and, and since then, um, there, there hasn't really been um, a, a kind of a profound um, global movement of the Holy Spirit that has led to healing in a way that has affected perhaps as, as and we, we would probably be older in this setting by an average age, but younger in comparison to them. And, and so I think there's a responsibility for us not just to rest on the stories of those who experienced this um, 40 years ago, but to contend for it to happen again. Um, and um, I, I, we hear stories of God healing uh, all around the world, um, and we hear stories of revival happening all around the world, and so I, I don't see why it shouldn't happen here.
0: It'd be great to sort of dig into some of this stuff. I mean, we're gonna get into the scriptures and talk a little bit about you know, why pray for healing. But it'd be really interesting just with with everyone who's here. Now, uh, just say that if you're, if you're here for the first time, uh, this is not what we normally do, but I love a little bit of interaction tonight, in terms that's why we're sitting on stools. Stools means interaction. Um, so, uh, so basically, um, what I'd love to know is um, if anyone here has um, received, been prayed for, and received a measure of physical healing in your life in the past, um, or if you have prayed for someone and you've seen a measure of physical healing for someone, uh, would you just raise your hand just so we get a little feel for where people are at? So either you've received healing or you've higher, prayed. A bit higher. Yeah, put your hands up high. That's great. Yeah. And let's all have a little look around. And it's not about the people, but it's all just getting a feel for what's going Okay, Brilliant. Um, I'd also love to ask another question, is um, how many people here work in the medical profession? Anyone here work in the medical profession? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, great. Well, I think this, this, that little survey uh, kind of leads me on to my kind of first kind of question. So, um, uh, Jesus says we should pray, that, that he told his disciples to go and pray for healing. Right This is what we just read about, um, but why, given that we have the NHS we have and, w- and what role does does all the, all these amazing professionals who look after us what, how do we how do we bring those two together?
1: okay, so before I answer that I'm just going to do if you're here and you're not a Christian um, then there's a really good thing called the Alpha course that I'd encourage you to look at um, and to join in on because um And and why I say that is that the conversation we're about to have is about healing, and healing is downstream from what happened at Easter when Jesus lived and died and lived. And Isaiah says it's by his wounds that we are healed. And so it's the love of God poured out at the cross um, and through the resurrection and through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that enables... Um, physical healing to happen miraculously. So we're having a conversation about something that is downstream from Easter. So if you haven't got your head around Easter, get your head around Easter and come back and, well, I don't know if you record these, but whatever. You know, have a conversation with somebody who vaguely remembers what happened here tonight. Um, uh, So that would be my encouragement to you. What was your question? I'm so sorry why why healing okay um, uh, so Toby gave the answer in the first instance. Jesus tells us to, so he says in that passage, heal the sick now some of the instructions in that passage need to be contextualized, so if you think about going out you might you know you might want to say hello to people in the street. you might want to wear sandals, you might not want to wear sandals, um, but as disciples of jesus we 're always looking for a command to obey or an example to follow in the text because we're his followers if we're Christians we want to do what he tells us to do and so when he says heal the sick he means it and so we should want to do it right yeah okay so and um, so and that's what Christians have done so for 2,000 years Christians have been involved in healing the sick in the pandemics of the roman empire it was the christians that moved towards the sick um, even though they risk getting ill themselves when missions were um, uh, becoming more active from europe into the global south over the 18th 19th centuries field hospitals were set up as missions were growing and um so so i think it's really important to know that healing Um, in the sense of the natural has always been part of what the church has done. But it's not just been the natural. Christians have always prayed for the sick alongside the natural. So the natural and the supernatural has always been part of what the church has done. Um, So that's the first thing. We do it because Jesus tells us to. The second thing is um, it's part of what happens when the kingdom of God breaks in. So if you look at Mark's gospel, in the early chapters of Mark's gospel, it's carnage. Um, There's there's darkness being cast out left, right and centre in public spheres and there's healing happening everywhere. And and those accounts of the earliest moments of Jesus' ministry very clearly indicate to us that healing and the breaking in of the kingdom come together. Now if we look at again 2,000 years of church history, revivals haven't always come with healing but healing has been a sign of the kingdom breaking in and so we'll often see healing at the places where there is an edgier engagement in ministry. So just before we started tonight, I said to Toby, you'll have seen more healing and more words of knowledge and more supernatural things happening at Alpha weekends away than you will have done on Sundays in church. And Toby politely nodded his head as if to say, I haven't got time to disagree with you now. Um, but <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> um, but in, in the edgier places, we're more likely to see, where the kingdom of God is breaking in, we're more likely to see those moments where healing is happening. Uh, and so um, we pray for healing because that's what Jesus tells us to do. We pray for healing because actually the king, where, where the kingdom of God is breaking in and there is an advancement, healing will happen and sometimes that will happen to trigger further engagement from people because there's always this journey in the new testament of of jesus attracting a crowd and calling from that crowd people to follow him and then training and equipping them to then go and gather others and so healing can often be both a demonstration of god's love for the people who are receiving it but also it generates interest because people are going wow this this happened um and, and then people are attracted to hear the message of the kingdom and then finally we pray for people because um because we love them and jesus said as i've loved you so you must love one another so if i'm carrying a pain um and i come to church and somebody says um would you like me to pray for you and i say yes i'd love you to pray for my leg because i've um had tendonitis in my hamstring for two years now Um, And that person says, oh, no, I don't pray for healing. Thanks very much. Uh, um, And so uh, we we want to pray for people for healing because actually it's a way of loving them. We run a seniors ministry at my church. Every Thursday we have a communion together and and, and we have lunch together. And on one occasion I walked in and I said to a lady called Elise, uh, would you like me to pray for you? And she said, Yes. And I said, what, Is there any particular part? And she just said, All of me. Because she was in so much pain. Uh, and actually, just praying with her was a way of saying, Actually, I, I love you. I, I, want that. I want that pain to stop. Because that's affecting you. So we pray for healing because Jesus tells us to, because it's how the kingdom of God, one of the ways in which the kingdom of God breaks in, and because we love
0: people. Thanks, James. I, I guess one of the questions that might be going around people's minds is um, uh, why, well, what, uh, if I ask people to raise a hand and say, how many times have you prayed for healing and not seen what seems like an answer? Or you might say, actually, are there any times that it's not right to pray for healing? How do how do, we, how do we sort of hold that together? How do we deal with the... Sort of the the obvious question of like well what about things that aren't healed and what about when it's right not to pray are are there any times?
1: Um, So we want to follow Jesus and Jesus when he went to his hometown in Nazareth in Mark chapter six um, it said that he was not able to um, do many miracles there only lay hands on a few people and so it's clear that the environment in his hometown. was a place that we we know from elsewhere in the gospels wasn't able to receive him for who he was and and therefore couldn't interact with him in his kingdom because they were essentially rejecting him so there was a lack of um a kind of a a collective faith in who he was a a rejection of him And, and so We can look at that and say, well, actually, there are probably environments that we're in today, or some of our friends and colleagues will be in today, where there is a similar kind of rejection of him. We're part of a church that's making a transition from mainstream to minority, uh, and we see that in all spheres of society. But if you work in the NHS or in education, and you started laying hands on people and praying for them, you might find that one of your employers is fairly swiftly doing some feedback <laughs> on, on, on what you've been doing. Uh, and, and so uh, I would want to say to you, actually, that's okay. You, you, you want to follow Jesus, and Jesus didn't always do what he could do because of the way that he was being received. Uh, and so don't labor under that if that's you. So we want to be looking for places where there's a collective faith and a collective hunger. Sometimes people don't actually know that healing is a possibility, but that doesn't mean say that they're resistant. Um, so there needs to be a collective faith and hunger. I think also there needs to be an individual faith and hunger. So my father died of cancer after a five-year battle in January 2011, and. We had been praying for him along with a whole heap of other christians for most of that five-year period and um and five days before he died he said that he did not want any more treatment and those five days were um painful and and beautiful an opportunity for us all to say goodbye for now to him um, But we were able to do that because we were no longer praying for his physical healing we were praying ultimately um for his preparation to meet jesus and to receive a new body and and we need to be able to live as christians with a sense of actually we're in the now and the not yet of the kingdom is is that kind of do i need to what does that that mean okay sorry so God's kingdom has come in Jesus, but it has not yet fully come as it will do when he returns. So it has come in Jesus, um, but it has not yet fully come as it will one day when he returns. And so we live in this tension where actually we still, and um, I don't know about you, I, I struggle to get through breakfast without sinning. Um,
0: so, um, so Tell us more about your breakfast <laughs> sins. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Um, what, what's going on?
1: <laughs> uh, it's just the look I give the dog in the morning when he's vomited on the... No, anyway. Um, uh, so, uh, we, we live in that tension. So, so we, have to, I, we have to have both a, he, a theology of healing and a theology of suffering. Because we're all going to die, right? There's no amount of healing prayer that's going to stop us from dying. Yep. Yeah? Yep. So we have to be able to deal with suffering. We have to be able to understand it. We have to be able to hold it in in the sight of God. But also we, we want to be able to pray for healing. So there are some things that just are not gonna get healed this side of eternity. But that doesn't mean to say that we don't pray for healing. So we wanna look for a collective faith in environments and if it's not there, then we follow Jesus in not bringing healing prayer to that. But we also want to look for where there is a, an individual faith. Our, we want to agree with people as we're praying with them. Yeah. And, but also we want, to, we want to be able to be people who pray, who know that actually healing does happen, but also suffering does happen. And we don't want to, I don't want anyone to be the type of Christian that thinks that only suffering happens and therefore we don't pray for healing, or that we can only pray for healing because if we pray hard enough, then suffering doesn't happen. Because Jesus is really clear, in this world you will have troubles. Bit of a hint, life is gonna be difficult. Um, so we're, we, we wanna be careful about why we don't pray for healing, but we also wanna be bold about praying for it when it happens.
0: Oh, that was a bit longer, that answer, than this morning. Sorry. No, that was good. That was great. Thank you. Um, so we've talked about why. Uh, we've talked a little bit about, um, or, or, and, and also where it might not be appropriate. Um, uh, who, who is equipped to pray? Like, how, how many years do you need to have been a Christian? I, I don't know. What What is what the criteria for a, a person to pray for healing, what, yeah, okay. So, Jesus is the one that is
1: doing the healing, not you. He's the one doing the healing. Um, though I'd like to be in the Marvel films, um, no, I wouldn't actually. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a superhero. You're not a superhero. We we just happen to be people who've said yes to Jesus. I don't know about you. But I was saved by grace through faith. And that is not, I, I didn't get a first class version of that ticket and you got a like a, what's the other, like second class, you know, like we've, there's, there's no classes in grace. Like we've been given the Holy Spirit. There's no junior Holy Spirit for the kids. There's no senior Holy Spirit for those who've been around a little bit longer. Um, we all got the Holy Spirit, right? Hopefully, um, if we call ourselves Christians. Um, and, and so it's the Holy Spirit in us that, that actually we're, we're, we're just praying for God to do what he does sometimes um, in praying for healing for others. And, and so if, you've been a, if you became a Christian, when was your last like, Holy Spirit weekend away? It was recently, wasn't it, or something? Or was uh, about now? Or, when, you know, when, like if it you're, was Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, okay, it great. Last Wednesday. So if, yeah. you, if you've received the Holy Spirit in the last week, crack on. You know, that is, yeah. Um, so everyone can do it. And and actually, sometimes, um, you know, people are doing it who, who don't even know that it's Jesus doing it. So, um, you know, talking with somebody recently, they said that they turned up in a place where pe- people weren't Christians. And they found that they had been laying hands on each other and praying for healing and praying that God would do something um, for somebody. And the person turning up as a Christian was able to explain why they were doing what they were doing, but without the name of Jesus on what they were doing. And and that is consistent with the New Testament where some people are um, are, are doing things and they're not even aware um, that, that they're, you know, the disciples come to Jesus and say, there are these people healing and they don't, you know, they don't even know. And Jesus says, that's okay. Um, I can't remember where that is off the top of my head, but I'm sure somebody else can find it for us later on. Um, but um, it's more true than that Proverbs 29 quote, which just definitely isn't true. Um, <laughs> it's not just you that's competitive. Um, uh, so um, it's open for, for people to get involved. You don't have to have been a Christian for two years to do it. Um, but the New Testament is really clear that there is the gift of healing. Um, and so there will be people who will have more experience of it than others, but it's a gift, not a possession. Um, it, it's not yours. It's not about you. It's about God. And it's about the people that you're praying for. Um, so it's Jesus that's doing it. Everyone can get involved. There will be some people who
0: will have a gift for
1: doing it. Um, yeah.
0: Great. Um I think we should sort of focus a bit more in now on the practical so how how do you okay so say you you would there's something that needs healing how do you first question how do you receive healing what's your approach to receiving we've touched on faith and that sort of thing i mean how much faith do you need um but equally second question how do you pray for someone for healing So I would say
1: no differently to how you might ask for God to do anything else in your life. So it might be that actually you're really struggling with work um, or you're struggling in a relationship and you'd ask somebody to pray. You'd be honest and you'd be honest with the person, be honest before God and say, I need this. So there's a kind of desperation um, and a desire that I'd encourage you to bring to it. So it's,
0: it's not really different to anything else. What was the other bit of the question? How do you, pray, how do you so if that's how you receive yeah. prayer, how do you, how do you pray for someone? How would well, you Again,
1: it? I mean, not really very different to how you pray for people generally, if you're praying for um, all of those situations that I've just mentioned. There's a few things that we just would want to encourage um, generally when praying for people, but specifically when healing, because Jesus gives us a pattern of how he prays for healing, in what we see recorded in the New Testament. So he doesn't pray very long prayers when it comes to healing. Um, so hear that in these instructions. So we don't know what he's doing with his eyes and his ears when he's praying, but we think it's generally a good idea to have your eyes open when you're praying for people. Helps because then if they have collapsed and your eyes are closed, it's not a good thing. Um, uh, so, so just keep your eyes open, watch, watch what's happening, watch how they're responding, watch their disposition. Do they look distressed? Do they, do they look like they're peaceful? Um, keep your eyes open. It's, really, it's, it's so easy just to close your eyes because that's what we've been taught since we started praying. Bow your head, close your eyes. Um, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open. Listen to what God's saying. It might be that he's saying something to you that you just want to offer out um, to them um, in humility. And then keep, you you know, your mouth should only open a little bit because his prayers were short. So if his prayers are short when it comes to healing, you certainly don't need to give an essay to the person you're praying for. Um, So just be be really brief. Um, You've been given the authority of the Holy Spirit. You are a child of God you can pray for healing. No great length of prayer is going to make healing more possible. Um, that's up to Jesus.
0: One of the things you see in the New Testament is people talking about sort of laying hands on or laying on of hands. What's that all about? Is that is that a good thing, a bad thing? Like, um, Yeah,
1: so I don't quite understand why, but they did, so we do. Um, you might want to ask people, before you pray, if it's okay to lay a hand uh, um, on them. Uh, And you might want to think about um, what you do. I mean, God is amazing. He does things sometimes that are slightly strange. Um, We don't need to make him even more strange to people. Um, So, you know, if I'm being prayed for for healing and I have my eyes closed and I open them and somebody's hand is here, It's a, just a bit weird. Um, so we don't, we don't need to make him any more strange or weird for that moment. When God turns up in his Holy Spirit, everybody knows you don't need to announce it um, because it's beautiful and powerful and everyone can see it. So we, just, we, we want to kind of dial down the intensity when we see God turning up. And we don't need to dial it up. Um, he can he's perfectly capable of doing that um, so yeah, just keep your eyes open, your ears open um, and don't do weird stuff um and um and open your mouth a
0: little bit fantastic It'd be great um in a moment for us to have a go, um, yeah. and um, when I say have a go, no one has to do anything they don't want to do. But there's been opportunity if, if you'd like to, to have a have a go. What we'll do a little practice. Um, just before we kind of go into that, is there anything is there anything final you you'd like to add in terms of what we talked about? N- no, no. Um,
1: I think we yeah we we're, g- we're going to see if there's a few people who have got various things that we can pray for. Great. is that okay? Go for it.